0: I have foreseen your fall. You will turn your blade on the Emperor. <laughs> that Palpatine's like, Oh, you want to strike me down, don't you? Oh, I know it. I can feel it. Your anger. <laughs> your dark side abilities (laughs) the emperor's kind of a creep on your 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 anger use it and strike me down with your might okay you oh your breath behind my neck is tingling with dark side welcome back to the channel guys i'm your host miller 15 this week again no drew cast no say what's real we're about to talk star wars bro we're about to talk some star wars galore okay you me star wars but before we start i do have a funny story so before we started shooting maybe like an hour or two ago actually i went downstairs and i was like okay, okay i'm gonna go pick up some food um uh, you know, I ended up, I was just like, I'm going to go walk. I put my jacket on. I'm like, all oh, in like the walking mood. I go down there and like a huge gust of wind, bro. A huge gust of wind just hits me right in my face, right? And it blew like leaves and like dirt and all this stuff into my eye. And so that's why I'm wearing the sunshades. It's not because I'm trying to, you know, break the matrix this week. Not even because I feel like trolling because sometimes i would wear shades just to troll the comment section and it's just straight up like a gust of wind blue leaves into my eye and like it's been hurting ever since and i tried i tried sitting on the couch but nothing works so we're gonna, we're gonna we're just gonna go forward with the eye problem but uh yeah anyways thank you for joining me like like always thank you guys for joining me in the beginning like i said we're gonna talk some star wars galore and this week if you guys haven't watch ahsoka bro it's worth it man i know there's some people who they're kind of burnt on stores right now you know they're burnt on disney star wars uh, th- and I- and i'll admit i'm kind of burnt on them too but ahsoka's been amazing i've been i've been you know been enjoying it so far so this week that just happened though which was uh for me yesterday on tuesday episode seven came out so it was a little step back from episode five and six but it still was a pretty decent episode right it's really hard in my opinion to follow up episode five and six because you had anakin clone wars flashbacks episode five then in episode six we get thrawn thrawn appearing for the first time there was just like there was just like, Ezra, you know like there was so much weight added to those two episodes that i mean if they were able to like follow episode five and six up that would have been like that would have been like you know crazy right but they didn't I gave the episode a 7.5 out of 10. I would say like a 7.5 out of 10, 7 out of 10. It it wasn't a bad episode. One of the things I did enjoy about this episode, though, was when Ezra doesn't even use a lightsaber when it came time to the fighting scenes. He's like, all I need is the force. (laughs) You know, and he starts kicking ass. You know, and, and in Ezra fashion, like you know, he gets a little cocky, and Shin ends up like throwing him up against one of those uh moving vehicle homes that they have over there with the with the frog people or the turtle people. So, but yeah, I mean, something that surprised me though in this episode was when Balin when Balin just abandons when he abandons Shin. He's like, "Hey, you know, go take your place in this new empire. Go take care of them. I I got my own mission to go on," and. He basically abandoned her, and it was kind of like, damn, bro, why'd you have to do her girl's shin baddie like that, bro? You didn't have to do her like that. You could see the look on her face, too, like, wait, what? What's happening? This guy was just watching from a distance as she was struggling to, like, to take on Ezra and Sabine. Would they have won with this up? Probably, bro, because he basically defeats Ahsoka again when Ahsoka shows up in the episode, and she, like, jumps off the ship and, like, basically lands right in front of Balan. Her and Balin have another duel, and she she basically kind of loses the fight again. So, would Balin being there have helped? Yeah, I think so. But you know what I mean. So he he goes off. He's gonna be searching for whatever's calling out to him. I still now do I still think it's Abaloth? No, but I hope it's Abeloth. I hope it's something along those lines because. It'd be kind of cool to do something new in Star Wars, um, not rehash the same old, you know, like because the universe is so big and, and now we're in a different universe. I mean, now we're in a different galaxy, but like the galaxy is so huge. Now there's a second galaxy. Let's start adding in new cool stuff, you know, and I think Dave, I think Dave will do it. I don't know if it will be Abalat though, but it's probably going to be something that ends up being a much bigger threat to even not just the, the heroes, but to Thrawn as well. I think it'll be something that even Thrawn has to end up dealing with. So, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts in that comment below? Do you think do you think it's gonna be something that makes Thrawn have to team up with the new republic? Uh what what do you guys think it is? You know? So yeah, earlier in the episode, this is how the episode starts off. Hera is at a she's at a hearing, basically. Um, you know, the that one senator dude, and I'll put his face up here. He basically is like, "Hey, you you're not following orders. You know, you're doing your own thing. They're basically trying to get her in trouble." So C-3PO makes an appearance. I was so happy to see C-3PO, bro. He he he's one of those characters in Star Wars that like when you see him and R2D2, your heart just like becomes warm because they, they are Star Wars, you know? I think I've talked about that before. R2D2 and C-3PO, they are Star Wars. So when they make an appearance, it's like it's, it's like a special moment, you know? They don't need to be in everything, but when they do appear and stuff, that makes sense. Yeah, like obviously, I was like, "Oh, that's my boy, dude. That's my boy, C three Pio." So he shows up, and he has a message basically from Princess Leia, you know, Senator Organa, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, if 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 we're going to see Princess Leia in the Dave Filoni movie or leading up to leading up, you know, into the Dave Filoni movie. I'm wondering let's just let's just throw this out here i I actually don't think it would be bad to recast. We talked about this we talked about this before with Ray Stevenson and if they should be cast Balin and I think for princess leia i I think it's time. I think as the fan as a fandom, we can all agree that at first there was definitely to pay respects to Carrie Fisher and definitely it was it was like a really tough time when she did pass away, you know. And we we didn't she didn't get to see the end of the sequel trilogy, but I, I believe now it's an it's appropriate it's it's an appropriate time to recast her Luke and Han, and why not why not give us live action Leia again you know and I think Carrie Fisher wouldn't ha- I don't think Carrie Fisher would mind I think Carrie Fisher would want the the character of Leia to live on because she knows how important it is to. To little boys, little girls, anybody who's like a fan of Star Wars, she knows how important that character is, and I think I think Carrie Fisher would, I think she'd rock with it, bro. And who who should they get to play um, Princess Leia if they do end up doing that? Um, I think her daughter would be would play a would would be a decent choice if her daughter was up for it. I saw the name Millie Bobby Brown floating around there. I'm not sure about that, but because like, and I, I'm not to say Millie Bobby Brown couldn't you know, play a good Leia. I just think attaching such a huge name like Millie Bobby Brown to Leia would be just too... You, you would just bring out the worst fans possible, in my opinion. But regardless of that, it was cool to see CTPO. And yeah, I mean, I don't want deep deepfake Leia is what I'm trying to get at. Like, the deepfake Luke was cool, right? It was cool and we got it. Um Tarkin was decent. I just... Even like in Ahsoka with the deep fake Luke, like the deep fake Luke, I don't, I, I, it was okay. Like it wasn't bad, but like I think now if you're gonna properly tell Heir to the Empire, just recast. And I think a lot of people would agree with that sentiment. So, but episode eight is next week, and I, I, I'm I, excited, bro. I'm excited because, well, we're not gonna get Star Wars for so a while well after this because obviously, like, they just had the writer strike. I don't know what show's coming out next, but but nonetheless episode eight i i really really hope it's about an hour long they got a lot of loose ends to tie up right like my one of the biggest questions coming out of this episode going into eight is what is do you guys think there's a twist coming i kind of low-key think there's a twist coming bro now the twist could easily be you know ezra and thrawn had been working together this entire time the twist could be one of them dying. Like, does one of the main characters die? Does one of the main characters get left behind in this galaxy? Now, if that ends up happening, right? And if, an, if a main character gets left behind, I, I I can definitely see Ahsoka getting left behind, bro. Right? And maybe Ahsoka Season 2 is her getting back to the main galaxy to help with the Thrawn threat. Or maybe Sabine gets left behind, right? Now, if Sabine gets left behind... It's like, hey, you put the uh, the the you put our main galaxy's fate like you basically gambled the fate of our galaxy to get here, to get Ezra. Her getting left behind would be like a huge. Someone has to. I mean, honestly, like leaving Ezra behind doesn't make sense, right? Leaving Thron behind obviously doesn't make sense. Leaving Ahsoka or Sabine behind makes the most sense if the if they go that route. And I I would honestly say I would rather have Ahsoka get left behind because at least she has a way to get back if she needs to, right, with the pergol. And I don't think any of the other main characters even know how how she got there unless she tells them next episode or, you know, in between, you know, off screen. So there's that one. A twist, though, the twist could very well be centered around Shen, Balin, and, like, somebody getting left behind. Those two could get left behind, too. I could definitely see Shin, like if one of the main heroes gets left behind, I could definitely see Shin getting left behind, right? Like let's say Ahsoka gets left behind and Shin, right? And Shin ends up becoming Ahsoka's apprentice while they figure a way to get back to the main galaxy, right? Or maybe Shin, Balin, and Ahsoka get left behind. Maybe whatever Balin finds kills him, and we know that threat is on its way to the main galaxy, right? So either way, there's a lot of things coming that I'm really excited for, right? Now, does 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 someone have to die or get left behind? No, but I I kind of think that there's probably going to be a twist. I just I'm kind of trying to navigate on what I think that twist might be, right? And you guys comment below if you think there's a twist coming, if you think a character is dying, if you think a character is getting left behind, let me know what you think. I'm actually interested because I think it's gonna be Ahsoka, but if not, I mean, they could kind of throw a curveball, and I don't want it to be Ezra, bro. Like, we did all this searching for him and all this stuff just for him to get left behind. I don't know. It just it just, it just seems weird, bro. But before we get off uh, Ahsoka, so since Dave is kind of loosely adapting Heir to the Empire, it's kind of interesting because there's a character in that book that hasn't made an appearance here, right? Now, this character, when I read the book as a kid... It was kind of a fascinating character because it was a character that was a clone of a Jedi who had survived, you know, that was from the Clone Wars, right? And the Emperor had ended up cloning this Jedi, making like a dark version of him who went insane. And for the longest time, bro, I couldn't even pronounce this guy's name right from the book. I would always, always butcher this name. Like I would say Joris Sibioth and Sibioth and I would always like... Butcher this name, but I, like they haven't shown him yet, right? I don't think he's going to be in Dave Filoni's version of *Heir to the Empire*. They easily, so the character I'm referring to, I'll put it on screen right here. We got Jor Sebeoth, right? Now I say Jor Sebeoth because I, like I said, I used to butcher this name, but we got Jor Sebeoth, an insane dark Jedi who played an essential role in the Thon campaign, a clone of the Jedi Master Jor Sebeoth. Who led outbound flight? He was created by Palpatine to perfect the cloning process of force users. After killing the guardian of the Imperial storehouse at Mount Tantis on Wayland, Sabaoth used force powers to rule over the people of Wayland. Now, if you notice the spelling's different because the original Joris has one U. The one that's in heir to the empire has two U's, right? So they kind of did that. And the extended universe, how like you know when the clone of Luke had two U's, and you know I think it's kind of catchy. So, but yeah, Balin could easily be Dave's version of that character, right? What if Balin's hearing voices and going and in, going insane? He was a Jedi from the Clone Wars. Uh, I don't think he's a clone, but he could be the Dark Jedi, right? That goes insane, and he ends up being the Jorah Sebayath of this of this story, right? So, or Ezra, I mean. I'm not saying Ezra's insane, but maybe Ezra's been hiding it. Maybe that's the twist. See, now, there could be a bunch of things with Ezra, Balin, that you could kind of connect to Joris Sabaoth, but I think Balin has the better chance of being Dave's version of Joris versus Ezra being that version. And would you guys... And he was somebody I wanted to add last week to uh, characters we need to see in live action. But that would be somebody... That I would want just, just fully adopt him, Dave. Put him in there, dude. Maybe that's the voice talking to Balin, right? Maybe Thrawn ends up getting back to the main galaxy and introducing Joris Abaioth, right? So either way, I hope Dave does the, like you know does this character, but if he doesn't, I can kind of see Balin being that version of the character. And I wouldn't even be mad right? A dark Jedi who goes insane. I mean, Balin's already kind of showing signs of that. So let's do it, dude. Let's get ourselves some Joris Abayoth, bro. And like I said, I butchered that name for so long, bro. You understand when I was a kid, I'd read the book. I I didn't even, I was like Jaborus Sabeoth. So Jaborus Sabioth. I was like, I never got it right until I was like way older. And even then, there's like forums that like people are debating how to pronounce it. So, I mean, I think I ended up looking up that there was a fan who saw Timothy Zahn at a convention and Timothy Zahn said it was pronounced that way. Right? Sa right? So it was like Sa Bayoth. And so that's what the fan was like, hey, this is how you pronounce it because that's what Timothy Zahn said how to pronounce it, right? To end the night off, guys, I want to revisit a storyline from the comic books. Now, this storyline ended up being loosely adapted in the sequels because they didn't do it correctly, in my opinion. And, and the comic version of the comic book, the book that I'm about to talk about, I think did this better than what the sequels did. And it kind of just goes to show that a lot of people didn't like the idea of the Emperor returning in the sequels, right? They were like, hey, it undoes Anakin's and sacrifice as the as the chosen one. Right, bringing him back cheat cheapens death because Sith lords weren't able to cheat death. That's the whole point of it. Dark side users shouldn't be able to, to cheat death. That's the whole, you know, only Jedi can do that, right? And why? And while I do agree with some of those points, this was one of my favorite comic books, like books in general regarding Star Wars. So I already like Heir of the Empire* was already one of my favorite, but *The Dark Empire*. When I read that. That was crazy good, dude. In my opinion, I thought it was good. There's a lot of people who don't like it, right? So let's just get to let's just get to the point. If you don't like Dark Empire, I understand why, and if you do, I also understand why. But I also understand that the Dark Empire, in my opinion, because so, so when I see Rise of Skywalker and how they try to explain Palpatine's return, you could tell they loosely adopted it, right? Because in the in the Dark Empire, like you know, the the Emperor does a 4 storm. He, try, he loosely does a force storm in the Rise of Skywalker. He, you know, he transfers his essence into clone bodies, right? That fail. Like that. that happens in Dark Empire. And the. I, I don't think the problem. I uh, like. Here's here's what people say, right? They say, "Hey, it undoes Vader's sacrifice. It undoes him as the as the as the chosen one." I actually don't think so, right? By Vader saving Luke. He essentially saves the galaxy because the Jedi don't die, the, and they end up getting someone who ends up becoming their biggest protector, right? So even having the Emperor come back and away doesn't necessarily undo what Vader did. Also, if you were to adapt the Dark Empire, but also add a little to it, you could have had Anakin's Force Ghost come back and finish the job, Right? So he's still the chosen one. He still ends up fulfilling the prophecy, but he does it in like the force ghost world or like the ethereal plane, almost like how Ahsoka and Anakin were in episode five of Ahsoka when she was in the world between worlds, right? It could easily been like the final showdown was like Palpatine's force, like Palpatine's spirit versus Anakin's force ghost, right? But the main question is, does a reborn empire work when done right? And I actually think it does. The problem is Disney, it seems like with a lot of their shows and movies, when it's not Dave or Jon Favreau, they hire a lot of people with like agendas. They hire a lot of people who don't really know about Star Wars. They, they, they kind of brag about it, too. Like Leslie Headland was one of them. Like I, I hired people who, who for diver- like she basically said she hired diversity versus people who know about the Lord. And, and at that point, you are going to fail every single time when you do that, right? It's not the fact that you hired, like, a black person. It's not the fact that you hired, like, a gay woman or you hired a trans man. It's, that's literally not the point. The point is you hired people who don't know about the lore, and then you're surprised when the show that you just made doesn't work, Or the show that you just made isn't liked by fans. Because you hired people who don't know about the lore. And then you're like, wow, they must not like female leads. Wow, they must not like Black Jedi. Literally not true. It's like, it's so asinine that you would think that majority of the fan base doesn't like a female lead. Or that the majority of the fan base doesn't like a Black Jedi. There might be some there is actually right there is some people who don't like female leads and there is some a small group of people who do not like black people in Star Wars. Okay, a very small group, but they kind of paint the picture as it's a larger group when that is not true. It is not a larger group of people. Majority of fans like female leads. Majority of Star Wars fans like black Jedi. They like black characters. The problem is Disney Star Wars doesn't know how to hire good writers. They don't know how to hire people who actually know about the lore and it shows. It clearly shows and that is why you guys it's, you guys are suffering right now. That's why your numbers aren't really that good. There is, like, and, like Andor was a, was a highly, highly, highly talked about and highly rated show. The numbers just don't support it, right? Boba Fett numbers, some of the episodes were good. This, the numbers just don't support it. Now, ironically, Mando and all the stuff that Dave and John have mainly been working on, like, that's where the numbers start to rise again. But still, I mean, it's just one of those things. It kind of sucks, bro. But, you know, to, to get back into the Dark Empire stuff, I thought it was cool because, you know, Operation Shadowhand was Palpatine's attempt to regain power through clone bodies, When seen galactic events such as Thrawn and other major events. So basically... He ended up... He was successful. So before Operation Shadowhand, he was successful in his return. He just didn't announce himself to the galaxy, right? And that's where he... he you know, he did witness the Thrawn events. He did witness other major events. He just... what He was just in the background. Kind of like the sequels, right? He was on Exegol. He kind of knew what was going on, but he it, he just didn't make himself known at the moment. Operation Shadow Hand was initiated during the height of the Imperial Civil War. So... There was a point there was a point when all these factions started beefing and battling for the top spot in the empire. They wanted the empire. Certain people wanted to be the emperor, the ruler. So there was a there was a civil war happening. And he ends up coming back at the height of that. I mean, imagine, bro. Hey, bro, the emperor's I guess who's back. (laughs) yeah <laughs> back again hey hey palpatine's back <laughs> to a friend basically i mean if you sh- i bet they were spooked when emperor- the emperor came back bro right so when confronted by palpatine luke ends up joining the dark side now he does it as an attempt to defeat the empire the new empire from within but imagine reading that or watching that without knowing that you're like damn luke what like luke turned bad And it kind of looked cool at first. I mean, I actually have a toy from that series. Uh, I collect a lot of Star Wars toys. And I have a toy where, like, there's, like, dark side Luke with, like, a different colored lightsaber and outfit and everything. And it's kind of badass, bro. So imagine watching that and you don't know, like, any context or, like, what's going to happen. Imagine seeing Luke turn bad after what he did in the episode 6. But then the twist is he was good the entire time. He just, you know, he had to do this to defeat the new Emperor, right? So after battling Palpatine, Luke ends up defeating him by like cutting off his hand and escaping with Leia because basically the Emperor's trying to put his force essence into Anakin Solo, which would be Leia's newborn son. Now, he's not successful at it, right? He, at the end of the Dark Empire, like he basically, his, his clone body is like deteriorating. It's at its last, it's on its last leg and basically he goes and he almost, he almost does it. He almost puts his, his Force essence into this Leia's son, which is kind of, again, loosely what happens in the sequels, right? Like, he's trying to, like, either do, you know, he's either trying to, like, transfer his essence into, like, Kylo or Rey, like, and, you know, he ends up choosing Rey as the one he wants to do that to. And that would have worked, I think. If you could have, if they would have just took their time and fleshed out the sequels, that, that could have been something they did, right? I don't think it would have undid... It doesn't really undo what Anakin did. It doesn't really undo Anakin's sacrifice. You know, instead of rushing the sequels, you have like a you have like a well-thought-out plan where, like, hey, Palpatine will be the overarching villain of the sequels. But let's kind of take it this way, right? And you know, like like in Dark Empire, like having Luke turn bad, but then like he's not really bad. He was just doing it to like defeat the Emperor. I mean, that Dark Empire was way more thought out than the sequels were. And this is kind of what I'm getting at. Is that if you are going to loosely adapt a series like Heir to the Empire or, or Dark Empire, do it in a way that, that doesn't just completely shit on that. Because there's a lot of people like, nah, the Emperor returning was stupid. But the Emperor did return in the old EU. But it was done in a way where it wasn't as dumb as what the sequels did. And again as someone who doesn't really like the sequels right the emperor returning wasn't a problem for me what was a the, the the problem was was that everything was rushed and you can tell you could tell everything was rushed you could tell they didn't have a plan they literally tell you in the media that uh oh, it was just from one director to another the episode eight director gets to undo what episode seven did and episode nine gets to undo what episode eight did and Luke does his episode. Luke does the lightsaber behind him in Episode Eight, but in Episode Nine, he tell he 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 gets at Rey for for trying to toss her Jedi weapon. It was like, bro, what? Someone needed to step in, and they didn't step in. Okay. So for the thousandth time, Lucasfilm and Disney hire people who know what the fuck they are talking about when it comes to Star Wars lore. If you don't, and you keep hiring people who want to do their own Star Wars movie, and I want to do my own thing, and it's not that they can't do their own thing, but they don't even pay respect to the lore. Like, that you've been hiring people who don't know about Star Wars. It's just because it's a diversity checkoff. You keep doing that, and your shows and movies will keep failing. So, that's the end of the episode tonight, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you again for the audio podcast. Uh, people who weekly every week, you guys are killing it on a uh, Spotify and Apple podcast. I don't know when I'm going to return with, uh, the Drewcast and say what's real. I think it's kind of cool to do something different for a little bit before I head back to like the main, ep- the main, the main podcast of this channel. I hope you guys, uh, rock with these Star Wars videos because it's a huge part of my life. Star Wars was a huge part of my childhood, a huge part of my teenage years. It's been a huge part of my adulthood, and, um, you know, I wanted to be more energetic this episode, but like I said, when, it, when that, that huge gust of wind blew all that, all those leaves in my eye, it kind of like, you know, imagine, like, you're trying to be all energetic, and then you get, like, hurt, but, but you know, Star Wars... Star Wars is a huge part of my life, and I like talking about it. And I'm actually really glad that when I do Star Wars content that, like, the the views don't go down and the likes don't go down. It seems like you guys kind of like when I do Star Wars content. So, you know, you let me, you let me know in the comments, uh, is Star Wars something you guys want me to talk about more often? You know, besides the aliens and the UFO stuff and, you know, the gossip stuff. I think it's kind of cool that, like, you guys, you know, support my Star Wars stuff. And, you know, the more you guys support it and the more you guys, like, tune in, the more I'll talk about it. Because Star Wars is its one of the biggest things ever. And it's one of the biggest things in my life. And we're at an interesting stage now, right? What now, right? this if, if Ahsoka Episode 8 ends up, you know, being a home run, we're in for a good ride when it comes to this Dave Filoni movie. We're in for a good ride when it comes to Thrawn. All these characters that are going to be coming in the Thrawn movie. And I'm excited for the future of Star Wars. And as long as Disney and Lucasfilm can just start making good Star Wars content and stop worrying about, like, agendas, I think we'll be fine. So, but yeah, till next time, guys. Peace.